guys, and thanks so much for tuning in to this week's edition of the Original Strength Podcast. Uh, you probably know that I am a huge fan and geek about superheroes. So this week, we have a real-life superhero and strongman and possibly descendant from a Norse mythology god, uh, Mr. John Odin. John, thanks for being on the show, buddy. Thanks for having me, Tim. I appreciate it. That's quite the intro. I, I got a lot to live up to now. Set the bar. Set the bar high. So I've got a question for you. Are you indeed a descendant of Odin from, from Norse mythology? Norse mythology. I can't even talk. I'm excited. I don't know if I can say that, but I, I, I have looked at my, actually, my other side, my mom's side is, is the Irish, Celtic, uh, Scottish side. Um, and they, you know, have a have a Norse tie-in in in a lot of ways too. But uh, not uh, not that I can trace back directly, of course. But uh, it, it is o it's Odin, uh, the way it's pronounced, and you know, looking at the Nordic history and all that is 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 my next journey. Starting with Iceland and going into Norway and learning learning more on the family side of things too. But we're I think we're just you know we're just farmers. We're just quiet, humble farmer people too. And we're we're uh, um, Iowa, we're the, we're the Midwest, you know, um, we're, we're all from, um, you know, that area in, in, um, my family immigrated, I guess. And, you know, my dad's full blood in Norwegian. So I do have a, have full blood on, on my dad's side. So, so the truth is coming out then. So, and no joke, I wanted to, I wanted to intro you and I should have done it, but I'm gonna do it right now by the sweat of Odin's beard. It's oh, John yeah. Odin. <laughs> I've got a I've got a bunch of questions for you, um, and I'll, I'll try to. Well, my first question is is a silly one, but I, I just need to know: Have you ever commanded thunder? <laughs> not 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 that I know of. I I, I may have uh, thought I did, but I, I can't I can't prove it at least. <laughs> all right. Okay. So guys, all seriousness aside, um, and here now we're gonna have some fun. So if you don't know, John is a world record holder in the heavy hammer throw in the Highland Games. Uh, I believe you have thrown the heavy hammer 100 foot and 10 inches. Is that correct? Yes, sir. What do you know? What the record was before you did that? Uh, I think 98 feet. So a three foot to break the hundred. It's kind of I don't know. Isn't not the first thing that comes to mind? Like kind of like a four minute mile barrier or something in in our sport. And as a lightweight, believe it or not, I I sometimes dare to compete as a lightweight. And I guess I could say I dare to compete as a heavyweight because I, I'm so much smaller. <clears throat> I'm seriously like the Rudy of, of my sport. Even, <clears throat> even now, I'm back near my, uh, you know, my fighting weight as a, as a pro <clears throat> when I was, um, you know, about 10 years ago, especially when I was kind of peaking in that heavyweight body and everything, too. And that's definitely part of my story, um, just go, putting everything I could into being as heavy and strong and you know grinding away doing the doing the work to get there and just uh you know not being happy in any any area of my life seeing my blood pressure my you know numbers on my labs going up and, and i was working in the clinic at the time in, in cardiac rehab i have a, a background in exercise physiology and i just said i'm just a fraud i i'm not living this life i'm not sleeping well i just feel like i'm just falling apart my body just felt uh felt horrible and uh, I was just like, I just need to remodel my body. So um, I'm happy to get into that a little bit more too. But uh, I, I compete, and my record was in, uh, in well, I have three records technically, but uh, it was in the, it was in the heavy, heavy hammer was my probably my biggest accomplishment. I think about my Atlas Stone 
pick I did the other day, I was just on top of the world. It's still, you know, for me, it's one of the coolest things I, I've ever done in my life is um, I got a 400-pound Atlas stone. <clears throat> I said, I, was, I don't know. This is going to be <clears throat> a really tough challenge to lift probably in a, a couple months with really intensive training. And I just, you know, got after it, and the thing popped up off the ground, and I'm like, wow this is really cool I, i'm not strong in this position i i've had back injuries I'm, i've been a mess and it just popped up and it uh was a lot easier there's not too many things in the strength world, believe it or not that have come easy i i don't consider myself like out of the box really strong at, at all so so oh man i've got a lot of questions now but uh we'll start with the easy ones how long have you been competing in the highland games 15 years Wow. That's my my coolest, you know, superhero power now is longevity, durability, all the all the tools that uh, OS has given me, and among other things, just feeling better than ever going out and compete. I, I sure would not be competing if I wasn't pain free or relatively pain free, and still performing at my best. Just genuinely enjoying being out there and coaching, being you know, the, the culture is so uh, so good, and it gets me, you know, gives me that um focus that goal and it just gets me outside too i think more than ever it's it's a certain flow salt to it. even though it's, it's a it can be gritty it can be you know dirt right, right now it'd be out in the cold rain and tucking a stone into my my um neck and and, and throwing it but it's it's rhythmic and therapeutic and it, it fits all the gears you know the way you you train or you, i heard you in your last uh, podcast talking about um you, you guys were going off about rolling different rolling patterns and how good that feels and that just totally resonates with it could be rolling it could be going for a walk in the woods now maybe i'm just slowing down and getting getting older in it probably in a good way but sometimes i'm like uh, you know i want to keep this gritty stuff but right i like it all all right so so you've been competing in the highland games for 15 years which that's yeah. impressive in itself um you you had the world record in the heavy hammer throw of 100 feet 10 inches when did you do that Oh, I think that was the 2016 now. Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> and you said you have two other records. What are those? So the heavy weight for distance, which we call it affectionately the middle weight, because it is um, halfway between the so it's in the in the lightweight class. It's a lighter implement, so it's it's 42 pounds instead of 56 pounds for distance. So you're spinning around. Imagine you know a, a um, what a 24 kilo kettlebell with an odd longer handle on it, somewhere between a, di a discus and a, a kettlebell had a baby or something. That's okay. what a weight for distance would be. So it is, a, it's the one that jokingly people say, um, if you're doing well, when, when you, when the implement goes farther than you do, when you're, when you're throwing it, it doesn't throw you kind of thing. So it's it's kind of cool to have a heavy heavyweight, and I'm actually pretty pretty good at the heavyweight with the 56. That's the one that I'm maybe most proud of, or I love walking up on the field, and they call guys like me like a giant killer because they go throw like these these 300 pound guys are heavier sometimes too. Um, you know, biggest strongest guys in the world. Um, you know, guys like Thor do the Highland Games, or they'll do even parts. You know, they don't even usually do the full Highland Games because they're you know, busy focusing on other other sports activities, but uh, anyways, it's it's a fun event when you get to learn you know, to move with that implement and counterbalance, and it just feels so awesome. It's like being on a 
and a ride or something like that too. And to work with that implement, having that extension of the body, like we talk about with the, the base and the clubs. And I know you felt that in different, different ways and you just have that connection. So it was the heavy weight per distance and the heavy yeah. hammer throw. And then, yeah. And, and then the weight of a bar. So it's another real similar, but it's, you're throwing it for height. So okay. 42 pounds for height. And that's one that, especially kettlebell, like it looks like a kettlebell snatch. It's, it's different enough. Uh, and you, you throw it sta a standing position. They'll, they'll throw it in, in the World's Strongest Man, uh, sometimes too, back in as early as like Bill Kazmaier's time in the, in the 80s. And, you know, like a bridge between Highland Game. Highland Game and the Strongman are really closely related, the historic side of things too. And these, you know, feats of strength and stone lifting is all, is all in one one package i guess you could say but yeah that one's and i spin with it so there's an open style that they'll use they won't use it in international competitions usually um but i did hold the standing you know a lot of guys they they kind of knock this spinning technique and it's just an open style like of course whatever goes the highest it still takes lots of technique and it's, it's more of a skill and grace and you know like having kind of having it all come together rather than just being you know i guess more brute strength and power anyway I did hold both of those and now uh, one of my my students, so kind of the, the best, you know, silver lining, I guess. My my student who I got to coach to that that level uh, went and broke it last year. So now there's a little bit of back and forth with who's you know who can take that record again. So it's fun to have nine different events and all these different different records and, and championships. And there isn't technically a record for the caber toss, which is that uh, telephone pole looking thing. Uh, it's, it's you know wood and um, pretty heavy and awkward and daunting and it can kill you. I guess all the implements can, but it's it's a beast. So that's a that's a fun event. It's a good event for me too. Awesome. So you said it's kind of like a new type of athlete, but but to me the Highland Games is if I if I had to describe it, I would say it's real world expression of power um, sure. versus Olympic weightlifting, where that's that's weightlifting expression of power to me. Like sure. it's it's it doesn't necessarily translate outside of of the weight room for everyone. But what you're doing is, to me, would be useful out in the world or to be that durable and to be able to move your body in those ways and those patterns and those circular patterns and to become one with the tool that you're using. I mean, that is that sounds so useful and it's impressive. I mean, it just it looks really neat. <laughs> Appreciate it. Yeah, that's a good that's a good topic. I've had I've had that on my my radar for a while. Something between a linkage between the the grind, gym lifts, and and kettlebells and, and jumping and the mace and the clubs and the Highland games or something, maybe it's going out and just spinning around throwing tires or throwing sandbags over bars, whatever, you know, getting out there and actually throwing an implement. And you probably resonate with this too, like some kind of throwing, some kind of skill throwing and everybody enjoys it. You know, they'll, they'll jokingly say, Oh, you're training me for the Highland games. I'm like, no, this just is my, you know, little stronger like antenna up or something. Like this is another piece of athleticism and durability. This is something that, human should be able to do well but i think it kind of gets left out so there's another another topic maybe somebody could steal that there is something very powerful about like for instance here's my version of high here's here's tim's home highland games say i've got the back of my truck is full of bags of mulch where i can sure. reach into that bag you know to the side grab that 50 pound bag of mulch and then just chunk it and toss it over to where i want to put it like that is fun <laughs> Like even yeah. though it's work, but you you know you're expressing real world power, and it just feels there's something that just feels 
like raw about it. You know what I mean? Um, so I totally, I totally get the high that you experience when you compete. Um, that's that's <laughs> pretty just, neat. You get a couple, couple more guys together or ladies or whatever, and then you, you get a tape measure out, and that's when you're done for. Once that tape measure comes out, like oh, then you you measure the weight of that mulch, and then all of a sudden that's that's basically Highland Camp. That's yes. Just, so I here's like a question because you mentioned this earlier. How much how much do you weigh right now? <clears throat> right now I'm I'm at least 220, 225, and that's he sort of heavy for me, but with the intention of, of prepping for these um, feats of strength, these stones of strength in um, Iceland. My um, plan was to go to Iceland here in in two months. Uh, it's not going to happen uh, at that time because of all the, the virus and, and just doing my you know, due diligence not to travel unnecessarily kind of thing. I still don't want to cut down my, I think my perfect balance, my perfect body is, is close to the 200 pounds and I'm about 6'2", uh, and I can hold that 200 pounds. But I was a very tall, skinny kid growing up until um, 18, 19, when I finally really learned how to eat. Believe it or not, I was always, I was always doing something in the gym, playing around and had a decent base of strength, but it didn't, it didn't now, happen. Until I have I have to ask you, you said you were a strong or a scrawny kid until 1819. Did you mean the year 1819? Are you a true uh, descendant of, yeah. of Odin or, yeah. or did you mean 18 or 19 years old? Yeah. So the reason I was asking is just uh, to give a little bit of a comparison. Um, currently, I weigh currently weigh 160. When, when you and I stand beside each other, you look like a monster. <laughs> or I look like I look like your little child. Either way, yeah. Um, but the reason I bring that up though is, is when I see pictures of you against the people that you compete against, you are the one that looks like the little child, and they those are the guys that look like monsters. So just the fact that you can harness all that power in your relatively tiny little body and <laughs> break world records is amazing to me. I mean, yeah. you, that is superpower expression right there. So. Um, what is a Denny stone? <laughs> two Denny stones. What are two okay? Denny. So what are two Denny stones? What's a pair of stones? <laughs> <laughs> Gotta have a big pair of stones, right? Yeah, they are these legendary historic stones that go back to <clears throat> the um, time of Donald Denny, who is he's a superhero for sure. There's there's legends that have grown. They say that he carried the stones across the Pochard bridge there in scotland in one attempt i don't think that's possible brian shaw world's strongest man got like 12 feet as a world record so i don't think donald denny actually carried him over in one one swoop at least but uh that he they're these um counterweights or whatever for the bridge they're, they were part of the bridge and of course another just scotsman board scotsman said hey let's see if we can lift this and probably like with one of them like okay there's another one here just somewhat random but it, it's kind of this interesting perfect test of of strength i guess in a, a position i i thought looked horrible when i first saw them like why would i ever want to turn like this this exorcist thing turning my body to the side of course i dramatized it my head really just a slight shift of the torso you're totally stacked over your um you know your base and, and your hips and you just lever into them Sque you know, I, I hook grip them, so I cheat with the hook grip, and then I get under there, and I just hold, you know, stand up with them. I just use all that tension, bracing, and all the, and you just, just give them, give them a go, and hold them. And there's different, different lifts that people will do with them. The carry is one world record. 
the time, the total hold time. Um, and that's what I was going to go do at the Arnold uh, this last year. I was invited to go <clears throat> go compete on the um, feats of strength. So they have replica stones there at the Arnold that uh, I guess suck even more than the actual mini stones. I could show you some pictures. I think I posted a few without getting too gross, but it it will easily your, your thumb just feels like it's going to explode afterwards. You see in my in my video if you're watching kind of closely at the end. I, I drop the stone, set them down, and I look at my thumb right away like, okay, it's still attached. Yeah, we're good. Thumbs, thumbs up. But that thing just feels like it's just melting off. It's it's pretty gross. It's pretty uncomfortable. How how heavy are the Denny stones? Oh, they're uh, 734 pounds. Yeah. So I never I never would have thought I would be able to lift this in this, this kind of it's, – it's a hybrid between really like a deadlift or like a, like a rack pull – and then you're twisted to the side. You can stand up with them, you know, side by side. There's a record for that now too with with that type of pull. Because I, I had so much back pain, so much discomfort with any of those grind types of lifts. And now I just totally love them. So you weigh 225 pounds and you have picked up 734 pound Denny stones. How long, how long did you hold them? 16 seconds. <laughs> Gosh, dog, that's like riding a bull twice. It was, yeah, it was interesting for sure. And I didn't have anybody, I didn't hear the count. I'm just using excuses now, but I, I'm like, I want to go back and hold them longer. I can hold them at least 30 seconds. And that's actually the world record with the ones at the Arnold because those, I think the handles are a little bit smaller. And yeah, I don't expect to have the world record anytime soon in the Diddy Stones, but. So I saw yesterday you picked up something called a Bjorn Joyfstock Stone. <laughs> what is, what the heck is that? <laughs> That's another Icelandic stone. It's um, uh, however you say his name. It's his finger. It's this giant's finger. So it's got this really cool history. These, you know, these, this guy supposedly carried, you know, carried this this giant's finger up onto the banks there, and it's just like no way, somebody, no human, it's, it's alien, a proof of alien, you know, existence or something. If if someone or something carried this thing. It's 620 pounds, and um, it's, you know, it's just one stone, and you have to hug that thing. So I, I just got this idea, and I got to kind of be a superhero in front of my my girlfriend and her kids, and uh, and half of them they're turning away, like what the heck is he doing? But this thing was laying there; it was just put up there, um, either by the city or it's kind of on the edge of this private property as like a barrier so people don't cross there, and like you know a pillar that way. Uh, and it was knocked over really recently, it's right in our neighborhood there. So I just, yeah, and we need to, we need to put this thing back, of course. And we don't need a truck or any tools. Like, let's just stand. I'm like, just standing it up. I'm like, okay, this thing's gonna be a beast. And of course, I had to flip it upside down to try because I like, wanted it like in a, a little more a wedge shape. So I'm like, all right, this looks like you know that that stone that I had to, I had to try that thing. I think it was probably over 500 pounds or so, but uh, it's a real small range of motion. So it's it's kind of cool. All right. So I got a serious question. Um, not that those weren't serious. They're fascinating uh, to me, but you're picking up seven to 800 pound rocks. You're picking up 600 pound slabs of fingers uh, that look like rocks or rocks that look like fingers. Yeah. And you're able to grind these things out, but you said that you used to have horrible back pain and stuff. How, how is this possible that you're like, so essentially you're a lot younger and stronger now than you were years ago. Um, minus uh, pain. So can you tell me about how, what kind of pain were you in and how did you get out of it? 
Absolutely. Yeah. That's, that's a, a, you know, something I'm probably most proud of or what I love to share with, with my clients and, and just people to hopefully inspire a little bit or just um, create a, at least some kind of uh, potential, some kind of hope, right. <clears throat> that, um, that more can be done. But yeah, since, since high school, I've had a little scoliosis and just kind of predisposition, a lot of, I guess, family history, things like that too. But I've, I basically always had some back, low back pain and the weight room was like the perfect storm, even though, you know, I had some decent coaching. Uh, I wasn't doing any, I, thankfully it wasn't a total meathead. I, I knew, you know, the, the weight room was like my greatest gift and my, and my worst enemy. It, it basically broke me in high school. As soon as I got in there, had a, a decent base of strength, started, you know, squatting some decent weights and, and following some pretty, pretty good programming. It wasn't just like one time I went in there and just like, I'm going to back squat and I blew my back out, that kind of thing. But um, I had lots of waves all, all through and high school was my first huge flare up where I just couldn't even, you know, lay down. It, it just, just that more total body tension. And I just didn't know any better either. There was just so little information out there. I didn't, I didn't want to like burden my parents or be a wimp with my, you know, coaches, let alone even my weight lifting teacher. So I just kind of sucked it up and, and didn't, I think that's definitely part of my, my story now, like knowing that there is answers in there go for it i just i don't mean to interrupt you but i got an important question to ask you you <laughs> had horrible back pain as a teenager yes so was that back pain a result of old age then no <laughs> okay continue i'm sorry <laughs> no way yeah old age is just a, a myth that's a number i guess <laughs> yeah i just um anyways just going along that chain i i was um continuing to flare up my back. Basically, as soon as I get back and do squats and just that cycle continued all the way through into college. And I'm sure that catapulted me to, to do what I do now or go spend time. I didn't, I didn't plan on going to school just to, to work in the rehab side of things, but that's where I ended up gravitating towards. Long story short, I, I'm so glad I, I ended up where I am, but um, back to the back pain was, was, uh, was this, these cycles and, and working with PTs, working with chiropractors, it was all good stuff. There was nothing wrong with it, but it, it wasn't, wasn't complete. It wasn't getting to the core of the core. I like to say too, which really is breathing to me. I'm sure, you know, resonates with you, you know, that, <laughs> um, breath work and all these truly deep core things and resonating out that the proximal stability, distal mobility, all the expression of movement and reflexive strength stuff. So um not that you're looking for a big big attaboy or anything like that too but but I know, I know i've told you this too before but it wasn't until i discovered os at my strong first level one certification that i had that next like layer i was still going through these cycles as a pro highland games athlete i was just just doing enough to kind of survive and go through these cycles all through my um my throwing career and just uh basically breaking me i've hit all these these you know, valleys, I'd hit these, these spots where I, it was very hard to program because I never knew how my back was going to feel too. I, I think that influenced my programming probably for the better to be not quite so completely linear and period, like hyper periodizing my training. I have a lot more um, auto regulation, a lot more room to kind of play with that. I'll, I'll have a base and then I'll build off of that. Um, and I do that with my clients too. Uh, but anyways, I, I discovered OS in uh, two, what was it? 2014 <laughs> uh so about whatever six years now <clears throat> and that it just brought me to that next level and, and i just love the rolling and 
and crawling, especially just seeing guys crawling around between between some of the lifts, it just made so much sense to splice in these movement patterns and do them. And I, I started doing OS three times a day, and I just remember baby crawling, like and back, like how do I crawl? It was it's just so funny to think about now, and and just how natural, how much I just love all the patterns and and hate all the patterns sometimes too. When I'm thinking about doing the ten minute crawl test again, uh, is is a beast, but knowing I could probably just go nail it right now. I, I just keep up enough of that baseline stuff that I think I'm maybe unique in that way where I can do these feats of strength, but I can still crawl for 10 minutes. I can do my whatever kettlebell snatch test. I could, I don't know, go run a few miles uh, at least and not completely die. So I like that balance, but I can still bias it towards one um, area. And again, just I'm pain-free. I'm truly wake up in the morning. I, I thought about that this morning. I just have so much gratitude literally roll you know do do just a nice smooth roll out of bed and i'm like i'm ready to go like that's that's just awesome you know right you just i can't express that in words i guess how awesome that feels how, how good that is and to be 40 years old i know sometimes it's just a starting point depending on who you ask like oh that's cute you're just getting started versus like you know you get a 15 year old kid or some of my staff like how are you, what, how are you still doing this stuff? How are you like still peaking in some ways, at least in some of the pure strength stuff and keeping my explosive ability, just hanging on to that edge. It's not like I'm gaining, you know, inches on my vertical jump or anything anymore, but um, to know that I still have, you know, all that and, and so much, I, I really look, and I know you do too, it's who, who are the elders that are still doing these sports or doing something different or, you know, maybe a runner converts to, uh, Highland Games or Highland Gamer converts to to running or or some combination of these things. I'm looking at the guys, at least you know, 50 plus now. That that's who I'm taking notes from. So man, I I totally resonate with with all of that, uh, especially talking about being in your 40s and and like still still holding your edge, right? So I had this yesterday. I was running sprints in my neighborhood uh, up and down the street, and I had. I, you know, I run, I run a sprint and I recover by walking back to where I started. That's my, you know, and then I run another one. So, so, and, I, but I had this thought as I was walking back to, and I'm running about, I don't know, it's about 80 yards. Mm. And, but as I'm walking back, I was like, Tim, you have been doing this for 25 years. Like, <laughs> you know, like, cause I'm, 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 and I can remember when I first got married and I decided I was going to keep my edge and like in case I ever wanted to do whatever, run track or whatever, I was going to still sprint. And so for over 25 years, I've been running sprints, which and and there's no greater feeling to me. You know, like it. I don't know if anything can bring more joy than that for me. Um, no, but, but to hold on to that and to still to still be able to express that power and do it and be ready to do it or whatever, know that is there. I, to me, that's, that's just a, it's, there's no money that can, can cover that really. Um, so I totally get you. I agree. That's a, it's definitely my secret. It's not even hopefully not secret because I sure as heck want to get it out there in the world, but sprinting. Absolutely. I know you, you cover it as the highest end reset in the OS system and everything too. hundred percent agree. And I've, I've just always resonated with sprinting and, and, you know, I think I'm, again, that twitchy athlete side of me probably too, but I, I get out and sprint. I, I was sprinting last, last night myself and thinking about this, just how much and, and getting up out of any position and sprinting all these, these odd angles. 
I like hills. You know, my, my body prefers hills. I, and, and that distance, anything over like 50 yards is, is a lot for me. I like those short little power sprints because that's a little more specific to my sport. But I, um, And then I, I love backwards crawling. I don't know how much people talk about that. I think that deserves mention. I was, I was splicing these with, with some other OS resets. And then I was doing backwards crawling. And I remember backwards crawling in general was, like I was talking about earlier, so hard and, and disconnected. And now to um, crawl up this hill with nose breathing backwards, my sprint hill, and then just get up. And I'm like, I'm still nose breathing. Like, that was my win of the day yesterday. It was like, I'm nose breathing. This hill two years ago was hard to crawl backwards. And I'm crawling powerfully, at least to me, it feels powerful, to crawl backwards. And that's a, that's a, a hard pattern. My other issues has been my shoulder and, or shoulders and neck now is my kind of weakest link that I'm my next frontier I like to say that I'm that I'm working on conquering and, and how good that feels that pushing pattern especially on that hill or staircase or something like that it's just a really cool feat so the greatest body weight exercise in the world is backwards crawling up a hill it will fix whatever's wrong with you yeah. and it will give you it will give you superhuman strength like if you I even did a video about uh, a couple weeks ago. If you want to ever do a one arm, one leg push up, yeah. just backwards crawl up a hill. Beautiful. Um, I mean, and, and that'll get you there. I, yeah, I, I have pursued that. It was very, very challenging at my leverage and body type. I'm just making up excuses, but that. No, you're that a little long. <laughs> in, in my strong first body weight was very tough. And the, the, the aches and pains I got, the, it just could not find working with, with my kind of my my team around me too with my my rehab team and, and you know massage and everything too and doing all my os stuff too it's just it only got me so far but i i will i will pursue that farther for sure i'll, I'll keep uh i'll keep working on it i, I do en enough to really appreciate it but i don't think i i haven't programmed backwards i like the backwards loaded um crawls and carries and uh, i don't know if you remember but i wrote an article for os uh well, you probably reference that for the for the hammer throws, anyways. But yeah, I, I was I was really I guess just doing something different back then. It just made sense, and I brought my chains out to my throwing field. Like, yeah, why not? And then haven't tested it with a few other athletes, and like, okay, this this really does work. People don't break down; they enjoy it. That it's still for me that loading on my body. I know pretty much no matter how broken down my shoulders are, that backwards crawl or loaded crawling is just it feels, it feels right. It feels good. Yes. yes. That's an elixir. Um, it's a, it's a big shot of life. That's what that is. Um, so, okay. So John, you own empowered strength and you teach, you teach other people how to do, how to really, you teach other people how to become superheroes, um, <laughs> how to, how to compete in Highland games that they want to, or just how to be as strong as thunder. Um, and you've even, You've even created this uh, uh, training program to help people be resilient and and re, uh, be able to live life the way they want to, and you call it crash proof. What is yes, what is what is what is being crash proof to you? <laughs> that yeah, that, that is has come out of a you know, combination of things and, and sharing ideas with you and and all that, of course, too. But <clears throat> just looking at ways to take uh, all the OS principles or just things again, like like rolling and tumbling, just dissipating those forces and adding another layer, another linkage, even for me as a Highland Games athlete, it's still quite a controlled environment. I have this implement, I stand in this toe board, it still doesn't have those 
um, variability, those reactive components. Like, again, I, I referenced my my dog on the paddleboard for the first time the other day. I'm like, that's that's crash proof right there. All these, this unstable surface, this thing that not only is it generally hard or was hard for me to just stand up on and not fall in, uh, but having my dog walking around on there and then other, you know, stimulus coming at me, I'm like, that's the ultimate expression. Could be a lot of things, but something that, that gets lost and, um, you know, sometimes maybe never, never found, never, never claimed, like, like athletes tearing ACLs and, and other things that I think a lot of time could be prevented with, with more getting out of just this typical sagittal plane stuff. If we want to talk in a more, more detail where just sitting there squatting and then going out and being what they think is a superhero on the field, doing their specific drills and things. It's getting outside of that box, creating variability, creating ways to dissipate those forces and you know, just have fun doing it. And especially for adults, it's rolling, getting them rolling around on the ground as, as in like the, the regular OS more segmental roles and, and more developmental roles that way. But, but the um, tumbling roles, I guess is, is the best way to put those, those barrel rolls and everything too. And just, and, and not having to think about it. At first, everybody thinks about it a lot. There's a certain fear. It's kind of like learning, like teaching an adult to do a handstand or a headstand, right? Is is very awkward. They don't want to do it. Um, just things like that. It, it breaks that cycle. It sets people up to, to, you know, claim that body, that athleticism. You know, I think about people like my mom who just always have, have claimed or said, I'm not an athlete. I'm not athletic. I'm not coordinated that to get that linkage and some level of coordination where they feel and, and they believe that they're, they're an athlete. There's an athlete in, you know, in them, like that Bill Bowerman quote, there's, um, there's an athlete and all that, something like that from Nike. Um, you know, there, there is some, something athletic that is made to come out Put it that yes. way. I think at, at any age, it's supposed to come out. You're supposed to express that. You're supposed to be amazing with your level of what your body can do. And that, and that bugs me when people don't have it. It's it's such a passion. It's such a it's such a like I I see this and bring people. You know that, that's the empowered strength process to see that potential, help them through that. So not not hold their hand completely, but to definitely show show that hope, show speak into them, have the education components, all these different health components that I think thankfully being shaped through the clinical lens and all that too. All these health parameters have to be observed too. It's not just, let's go smash that goal and have a methodical, um, you know, scientific approach, but it's really the, the details between the lines there too that's really going to get them to that point. So is there a, is there a age limit for somebody to become crash-proof? 120. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, and, and so listen to, especially the passion in which, in which you describe that, it almost sounds like, what you're helping people realize by becoming crash proof is that they are capable, like regardless of what's going on or regardless of what happens, they can, they're able. Mm -hmm. um, so it's almost like life proofing or that's pretty much, I mean, you're just making them able to, to enjoy life, but also bounce with it and roll, roll with it, tumble with it, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And then just to be able to do that, like just surprise yourself, just like me on the paddleboard, that was a win to, that I didn't fall off. <laughs> you know, I, I, I joked that the, the, the dog fell off twice and that's fine. She's, she's learning fast. It was, it was better than expected, but I'm like, I didn't fall off. This is amazing. Like I'm getting halfway decent at paddleboarding, but I'm also just, uh, 
I, I'm, I'm more crash proof. I'm more able to negotiate without having to think too hard. Again, when we when we lock up and freeze, right? When we try to go into a, a tumbling, you know, rolling pattern, when we lock up and freeze up, that's just gonna suck. It's not gonna work. We need to be able to just seamlessly roll. You know, this is a metaphor for life there too, but um, roll, with, roll with the punches or roll with it, right? Uh, it, it, it's a, it's a lost skill, I think for sure. And it's, it's the opposite of what we're, we're, we're doing right now, ironically, just sitting in and just pounding away on our keyboard. And I think more than ever that, uh, resonates with us being, being, um, in lockdown, being, being in our, in our boxes, staring at screens all the time. Uh, it is, it is the opposite of, of that, I would say too. And, it, and it's, it's for everybody really. And like you said, you know, joking aside, um, all ages there, there's a version of that there's there's the um the tools to get people uh, reacting and moving up and down off the ground just as uh, more seamlessly finding a level and and i think everybody likes it's one of those things it just it feels good it's gratifying and it, that's that uh, process of empowering them or um, you know, building that whatever you use that name like like your strong and able kind of kind of mindset too they're they're able to do that it, it, it feels feels right and they can uh, do it the only thing that maybe is it's um, a little barrier is in a like a public gym or something like that if there's a lot of people around or being maybe outside it's it's kind of weird for people to roll around on the grass at first it's, it's very natural and normal for me i'll go it's gotten public and start rolling around and, and, and doing things too but um, and it's like you know martial arts it, it could stem and go into a lot of different categories too it's it's definitely has a martial you know, component of it too, where that, that ability to react in, 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 in a combat situation, in a defense situation, it's, it's really the same, but you know, a slight, slight twist on it. So, so crash proof, then they come full circle. Crash proof is something that people can, can train with to become gritty and to develop an edge. Um, absolutely. absolutely. John, this has been so much fun, man. I really appreciate you spending your time uh, sharing your story with us. For those of you listening, if you want to know more about John, I will put all his links of reference in the notes section on on YouTube. And also, uh, we'll put the Crash Proof uh, training program up there as well if you want to check that out. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, this has been the Original Strength Podcast with the son of Odin, Mr. John Odin. Thank you, Jim. Thank you so much for listening to this edition of the Original Strength Podcast.